Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. On a special Halloween edition of Red vs. Blue. You know, never trust a dentist. When a dentist says simple extraction, run. Run as fast as you can. Dave Gerzak is our guest. He will be with us tonight. Plus, Find out what I have in common with Brett Favre. All that and more, 60 seconds. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Mike, we're going to be breaking down this Terminator contest. I thought this was fitting. Mike, the Terminator Contest. We're going to talk about that tonight, too. Hello, everybody. Good evening, and welcome to Red vs. Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio. I'm your host, Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. Hope you can hear me okay. Uh, had a little bit of a pr- procedure this week. Uh, <laughs> I guess you can call it a little bit of a procedure, right? Had some wisdom teeth pulled at the uh, ripe old age of 34. Uh, my, my wisdom teeth were pulled. And listen, when the dentist tells you simple extraction, you just run away, man. Mike, I'm telling you, I, I, uh, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And, and Mike, listen, man, he says simple extraction. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, a lot of people have to get the oral surgery and, you know, have to get these things cut out. And he says, you know, no, we'll be able to get to them, no problem. But they really should come out. So, 
He said, if it was my mouth, you know, I'd, I'd go ahead and get it done. And I was like, well, like a dummy. I'm like, okay. So, man, Mike, I, don't, I go in there. I don't know what to expect. You know, I haven't had a, a procedure at the dentist in years. I just, you know, get the cleaning, get the checkup, no problems. And here we go, man. This thing <laughs> was the most barbaric thing I have ever experienced in my life. I'll tell you what, that sounds funny. They were grinding, grinding, getting it out, getting it out, getting that, getting that wisdom tooth out. Then they got to go to three more. Oh, <laughs> oh he, and, and, and you know he's got the knee up in the chest and the pliers. He's got a whole tray full of pliers, and he, and he has one. He's you're going to hear some crackling now, and and you know I'm like crackling, okay. And he's and he's hanging on there, and he's already shot me up, you know, a couple of times, you know, all across the mouth and. I was going to ask how many, how many shots of Novocaine you had. Oh, and he can't get it, man. He cannot get this tooth for nothing, so he goes to the next one. And I'm like, oh, after all that pulling, you didn't get it on the lower side, on the lower left. Well, he goes up to the top, and he starts pulling on the top, man. And I'm telling you, from the top, it's even worse because that's your skull. I mean, the bottom, that's your jaw. The top, it's your skull he's pulling on, man, and he's he's bracing, you know, the top of your forehead, and I'm like, man, that tooth, it's like pulling. It's attached to my brain, okay? He's pulling and yanking, and finally he just, you know, pulls those suckers out. But it was just the most barbaric. I said, you couldn't pay me enough to do that to somebody. I mean, what a, what a, well, well, a barbaric you know, procedure. You got it done, thank goodness, and uh, you got galls in there or what? Oh, man, did, we're past did, did the galls. Did he up or? This is on Tuesday. You know, what I have in common with Brett Favre is an affinity to this Vicodin, man. I'm telling you what, I've been taking two every four hours, you know, probably for the last couple of days here, and I'm kind of in la-la land. I got my notes here, but I don't know if I'm on, don't know if I'm on week eight or week nine. I don't know. We're going we're gonna to wing it the best we can here, but we do have some great guests tonight. Uh, Alice Kaganowski, as always, the prognosticator, will be joining us later uh, you know, he again uh, last week uh, on a one and two week, one of the, the the first losing week he's had here on Red versus Blue. Still not a losing week though, because like I said on last Friday night, if he hits that Peyton Manning play plus two twenty, we break even. So all he has to do is go one and two, and we're safe. And that's what he did. He, he went uh, he went one and two. The prognosticator will be back with us, and then we also might have Dave Gerzak, the other co-founder of the FFPC. He's having a monster year. Uh, Mike, he's 50th overall and 72nd overall in the World Championship of fantasy football. He's got two teams, and they're both in the top 72. That's, that's, that's got like 900 teams in it, 876 to be exact. Dave's also 66th overall in the NFFC. That, that's a contest of 300 teams. And he's 6th overall, Mike, 6th overall in the NFFC primetime, where he's the defending champ. He won 100 grand in that contest last year. He's doing it again. He's 6th overall. He can go back-to-back with this thing. So we're going to have Dave Berzak on here in about 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, that's going to be awesome. Uh, the guy, I mean, he brings it to the table every year, and uh, he's having a monstrous year right now. And I just uh, I love uh, his the way he analyzes everything. Uh, he brings his draft boards, but uh, he's prepared, and that's a big thing uh, if you want to succeed in high-stakes fantasy football is being prepared. You know, everybody tells us this show uh, – flies right by, uh, but definitely, uh, you know, if you don't get a chance to check us out live, go to, uh, you know, thefantasysportschannel.com. You can check us out there. You can download the podcast from your iTunes or, or your MP3 player. You can pop it right in. Just sub- click that little subscribe button on our page, 
And, you know, it makes it so easy, Mike. You can just click it and update your podcast. So if you miss it, just right-click, update your podcast. It'll grab the last couple of shows if you've missed them, pop them in the car and, uh, you know, and listen to them on your iPod, on, you know, on your way to work or wherever you're going and, and get caught up. But but this is uh, this is a show you don't want to miss. Another, another yeah. thing, Scott, I uh, had a good friend of mine I talked to uh, last night, and he was like, uh, yeah, I pulled up episode uh, 33, uh, 35, and then – Episode forty, and just huh. listen to it. It just, you know, going back, uh, going back a ways, but uh, just loved it. Just loved it. So you can pull up every episode. Uh, we're on episode fifty-two, yeah. and it's been uh, quite a run. And we have a good chat room again tonight. The crew, as we affectionately call it here in the Red versus Blue chat room, uh, we have the regulars. Uh, Lance is in the chat room. RC Techies, Dave and Alex, Garbage Points, Darren, Fantasy Mojo, his website, uh, and that great contest the pros versus Joe's that he's running. Uh, we've got Shot Caller, Joel Hennard, welcome to the program. Wayne is with us. He's having one great year. Wayne is a, a great guy living in Evansville, Indiana. And uh, Mino and all, all the guys, Garbage Points, Breezo, Two Packers, everybody, we're going to have a good time tonight. Uh, listen, we do want to talk about the Terminator. That's why we led in with the, the Terminator uh, intro there. Uh, the Terminator contest is, is a lot of fun. It was their first year, $350 entry fee, Mike. They ended up getting five teams of five leagues of twelve, so a great start to a brand wow. new contest. Uh, so it's got sixty teams in it, and the uh, the entry fee was three fifty, but the top prize is five grand, Mike. So the the cool part about this is what happens every week is before the games kick off, you have to terminate one of your players, and every week religiously you have to do this. If not, you are the one that's terminated, and you are not eligible for any cash, any postseason action. Wow. If you forget, you're done. Now, that did happen to one unfortunate owner uh, week one. Oh. <laughs> they had way too many leagues, and it just happened where they forgot to terminate their player, and so their teams are out. He had two teams in it. Uh, both of them are, are have been terminated. Um, but there's still 58 well, other teams. Like, you, you know, I looked at that, Scott, and, that, I mean, that really sounds like a lot of fun to be able to do that. I mean, you've got to be really strategic about what you're doing, uh, who you want to save. But uh, you still want to have that flexibility to go ahead and uh, start your best your best lineup. It's uh, going to get to the how point. Many, how many do you start? Well, it's going to get it's just like a regular lineup, but it's going to get to the point where you are you know down at the end week sixteen you're going to be down to ten players, Mike, and and it'll be up to you whether or not you want to keep a kicker or maybe keep that fourth wide receiver, you know, um, or, or, or keep your defense and maybe keep that fourth running back. It'll be up to you to decide what to do, and that's when it's going to start getting real unique. Um, obviously, you're going to need a quarterback in there. Now, I've got three defenses still that, I've, that I'm keeping alive. I've got Oakland, the Jets, and, and I think the Saints. I, and I've got, uh, I'm not too sure about that. I know it's Oakland and the Jets, but um, I, and I'm kind of worried that, you know, to drop one. But, well, this week I get to drop Leon Washington, okay? I, got to, I saw that he was dropped everywhere. Of course, he's out for the season, real unfortunate injury for him, but it made that decision very easy this week. Okay, no big deal, drop Leon Washington. So I wanted to see what kind of guys were being dropped in this contest because, again, it's a lot of fun, and I hope you can join it next year. Um, Coles was dropped two weeks ago, and isn't that something? Coles was dropped two weeks ago, the two weeks before he's had decent games. You know, no getting him back. He's gone. There's no waivers in this league, no pickups. Coles, you know, he dropped him two weeks ago. McFadden was dropped this week. I'm sure the owner's getting tired of waiting on this guy. Somebody drops McFadden. Now, that's the type of guy that I'd love to have for a stretch run or something if he were to get healthy. But so once, somebody so once dropped, dropped him. So once they're dropped, they're done. 
They're out, yeah. They've been terminated. Yeah. Willie Parker was dropped this past week. Obviously, Chris Cooley uh, and Leon were dropped everywhere, as I previously mentioned. Michael Bush was dropped this week. Somebody finally gave up on him. And then the, the drop that I found the most interesting, Mike, was last Friday, Beanie Wells was dropped. Now, mm. if you've been watching these Arizona games, you're seeing what I'm seeing. Beanie Wells is the type of player that if you have him, uh, you're gonna. I think you're gonna be real happy come playoff time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, he's really. I mean, I, I mean, Beanie, Beanie Wells. Let's face it, Tim Hightower. He cannot. Uh, he, he won't get many yards uh, rushing wise. He gets a lot out of the backfield receiving. But uh, who are they gonna fill in? Because let's face it, Arizona. They're making a run right now. They're making a serious run, and uh, they're gonna need somebody that's gonna carry the load. Uh, running back-wise, and Beanie Wells is just progressing day after day after day. Wilson Hunt, yep. he's already said he's already said that, uh, no, he's not our starter right now, but you know he wants to pull that trigger. Yep, and, and we're going to talk more about Beanie Wells here later. Uh, I've got the five leaders uh, of the Terminator divisions right now. Again, uh, how this, this Terminator contest works, we're talking about the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the Terminator contest. I'm going to go ahead and bring on Dave Gerzak, uh, since since he is an authoritative figure here on the FFPC. Dave, are you with us? Hey, guys. What's going on? What's up, Good Dave? to have you on the show, buddy. Hey, good to be here. Good to be back. Yeah, well, man, we're talking about the Terminator contest, and, and I, I pulled up the five leaders of these uh, divisions, these leagues, and number the, the, the first league, Cocktails and Dreams, our very own Chad Schroeder, defending champion, of the FFPC, the winner of $75,000 last year. He is leading League One uh, in the Terminator League with 1,236 points. When I go to League Two, Dave, if you haven't noticed, Cocktails and Dreams is leading League Two. Uh, so he has another entry there, 1,181 points. So Chad Schroeder's having a great year in this contest. League Three, Thanks, Out of the Shadows, 1,229 points. League Four, Strongbow with 1,153 points. And League Five, Mike, a team after my own heart here, Louisville Legends, with 1,216 points. They're leading League Five. So uh, nice. I just I just wanted to run those down. Now, if you win your league, the first first place uh, is a free entry. Second place, and they go by total points. It's just a it's just a points race. First place is free entry into uh, a main event next year in the FFPC. Second place is a free entry into the Terminator contest, and third place is 200 bucks in cash. So that's the that's the league prizes. But then when you get to that four week shootout or three week shootout, the first prize is five thousand dollars. Second place is a thousand. Third place is five hundred. Fourth is a free Terminator League. And again, Dave, it's going to get down to ten players week sixteen. What do you think is going to happen there? I'm sure we're going to see all different types of things. Have you have you thought about what's going to happen there about week sixteen? How those teams are going to look? Oh uh, yeah, and actually we got a lot of email inquiries from guys um, asking if they could. You know, not a lot of guys, but some players wondering if they can go without a kicker or if they can go without, let's say, a defense. Maybe they want to keep an extra flex option. And, um, yeah, if they want to do that, they can uh, sure go ahead. And I think we're going to see a lot of different strategies there. Uh, you know, some people are going to want to make sure that that kicker is in the lineup for that extra four or five points. And some, some people are going to be like, you know, I can get an extra four or five by having an, a, an extra wide receiver running back option. So it just depends on the on the roster makeup. But it's going to get – I'll tell you – I'm looking at my roster. It's going to start getting tough uh, in the next couple of weeks. I might have one or two easy weeks left 
where it's not going to hurt my feelings any, you know, ditch a Mark Bradley or something like that. I can't believe he's still on my roster, but I've yeah. got a Dwayne Bow, and I think that's why I've kept him around so long. But you know, it's just going to get it's going to get very difficult. Well, Dave, uh, congratulations on your great season. Uh, you know, with the FFPC, the Terminator, all these contests that are going on. But you personally, high stakes player, you've been very successful. Uh, so far, and last year was a great year for you, obviously winning the uh, National Fantasy Football Championship, 100 grand. Uh, but this year you're having one heck of a season following up with two main event teams in the uh, World Championship in the top 72. Uh, one team in the NFFC is 66th, and your primetime team is 6th. Is Which team are you most excited about? Tell us about them. Uh, actually, you know, primetime, um, you know, I should also mention uh, – Kurt and uh, Leroy, my buddies, also uh, they draft each drafted a WCFF team, and um, then they also drafted we drafted two FFP two FF, two NFFC primetime teams actually, and um, they're both in the top ten overall right now. And those guys, those guys actually, we were um, we were kind of joking back and forth over who's going to do better, and they were their their team, the one that they drafted is the one that's sixth, and mine is uh, ninth, I think, or eighth. And uh, so we're trying to, you know, I'm trying to make up points on these guys, you know, because they talk smack to me every week about how great their team is. You're listening to Dave Gerzak, owner of the Fantasy Football Players Championship, but also a high-stakes veteran in, in these competitions. Uh, Mike, uh, he's he's get, having one heck of a year. Um, what, which team would you be most excited about? Would you be more excited, Mike, if you were going to repeat as the NFFC primetime or – or do you think you'd just be appealing, you know, to that high stakes prize, that three hundred thousand prize in the in the world championship? Which one would you think would be you'd be more excited about? I would want it all, obviously. <laughs> uh but uh I would want to repeat. I would want to repeat and uh you know, cause I, think I, so too. I don't I don't think that's ever been done. Uh right. and just to sit there and say, you know, I've repeated as champion uh in in the high stake world, NFF See, I mean, I mean that would be so cool. And uh, Dave, you know, I'm pretty much watching you and uh, checking you out. But uh, you've really got a great season going, and uh, along with a lot of great players, and uh, you drafted well, and your preparation was good. <clears throat> and that's something I talked to Scott about. Uh, your preparation was awesome, and that means a lot, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does help a lot. We had a little bit of fortune on the waiver wire. We picked up Miles Austin in the prime time. Um, and, you know, obviously you're hopeful that he's going to, you know, I actually needed to start him the week two, that he, you know, the week that he goes off. So that was, again, kind of fortunate. And uh, started him then, he goes off, then they said they're going to give him extra snaps, so he goes on by. And um, obviously I put him in again, and uh, he goes off again. So it's like, you know, I'm happy to take those points. I also started the Stanford defense in WCOFF when they scored 34 that one week. So it helps have a little bit of luck on top of uh, the preparation. So I'll take it. <laughs> Again, it's Dave Gerzak, uh, the owner. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, what I was going to say is, you know, there there is a lot of luck involved, uh, but the bottom line is you really you have to be prepared uh, for each week. Take each week at a time. Uh, the old cliche is one week at a time, just like the players say. But uh, in fantasy football, I mean, you almost have to do that. You have to be prepared to go into the draft, know what you want, have a game plan, and then coming out of that, be ready for a backup plan, and that that means that means so much. And uh, you've done that, and uh, that that sounds pretty awesome, Dave. Well, Thanks, and, and 
And you know, if you're gonna ask me, yeah, of course I'm gonna want the the three hundred thousand dollar check over the you know the sixty or the seventy five. But there's still something you know with all of us guys here that we we haven't seen a repeat champ like that. That would be huge in this industry to find somebody that 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 uh, can pull that off. And and Dave's one of those guys. I know Dave doesn't want to brag, uh, but Dave, you I think you are a uh, you're a. We were talking about Beanie Wells earlier. Tell tell me what you're seeing with Beanie Wells and and how you're feeling about him coming on. I'm feeling really good about him coming on because in my uh, my WCFF team I have uh, I drafted McFadden in the fourth round over Vincent Jackson. That's how good I oh. am fantasy football. I'm, I'm <laughs> such a great player. So then you know it's not. I've been sitting here. You know I had coffee for a few weeks while Gore was out, and uh, Beanie Wells was our sixth round pick. And uh, I'm really happy he's emerging because I'm actually going to need him to be my number two running back with Ronnie Brown as our number one. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean Arizona's playoff schedule is. Uh, pretty ridiculously easy on both from defense, you know, when you're, you can look at taking their defense and starting them every week. I think they play St. Louis, Detroit, and San Fran are the three teams they play weeks 14 through 16. And those teams wow. have oh, wow. defenses, and then those offenses obviously uh, throw a lot of turnover, you know, throw a lot of picks and turnovers. So um, I'm trying to get, you know, if, if I can get Beanie going those weeks, uh, and, he's, and he actually does take over that job, I'll, I'll be real happy about it. Well, one thing I, I want to say there, Dave, uh, and I think that a lot of high-stakes uh, players and uh, any players at all should learn from is uh, basically positioning yourself for uh, the future, and that's you know that's what you need to do. You're looking at Arizona's schedule and what they got in front of them, and let's face it, it's not much. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing, and then position yourself for the future, and that means a yeah. lot. And, and Dave, you can look at it half full or half empty. But if you took Darren McFadden over V. Jackson, you're still doing what you're doing. I mean, that's that's got that that's saying something right there. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. Uh, you're listening to Dave Gerzak. Uh, feel free to give us a call, uh, and we'll take any of your who do I start questions. Obviously, the chat room is is a is a place for that. Uh, Dave, we had a question in the chat room about Kevin Walter. Obviously, Andre Johnson. We we see him on the sideline. He's coughing up blood. Uh, you know, they didn't know how bad this injury was. It looks like he did have a full practice today with his chest injury. What do you think about Kevin Walter this week? Have you have you had any chance to research? Um, I don't own him in any leagues. Not that I don't, didn't like him. I just didn't somehow seem to get him at all. But, I, you know, I think he's a legitimately decent start. Uh, Buffalo's past defense has been pretty solid the past um, few weeks. They've been playing pretty poor offenses. Um, I think I think Schaub's going to swing it. So I, w- I would feel comfortable starting Walter for sure. I think so, too. And, and Mike, I pulled this these the stats up here. Buffalo is number 26 in the league versus number two wide receivers. Okay, so they're one of the worst. So start Kevin Walter regardless of A.J.'s injury, although not many targets, uh, you know, the last few weeks at all, three and four looks uh, the last couple of weeks. Some other stats here. Houston's number 32 against number ones and number 24 versus number two. So, T.O. and Evans are, you know, I guess startable this week if you're in a pinch. You know, these, these are the types of decisions you're, you're, you're trying to figure out. Do, you know, I don't need to give you the obvious ones. Uh, but, but those are, they are. In a pinch anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're startable this week if you've had them. I mean, if you drafted them, you hoped for better things. You, you haven't had it. They've been sitting on your bench. But maybe this is a week where you've got some buys and you're looking at T.O. or Evans. They've got great matchups, 32 and 24 against number ones and number twos. Houston definitely allows. Uh, those receivers to dominate. Houston's also number 25 versus the rush. So Marshawn's definitely startable. You knew that already. Fred Jackson is the real question mark. Uh, he's disappeared the last few weeks ever since Marshawn came back. So use some caution here. 
Uh, Marshawn had 17 carries to five carries for 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 Fred Jackson, and and what made Jackson valuable was the receptions. And ever since Fitzpatrick's been in there, he's had zero targets the last couple weeks. Fitz, Fitz, Fitzpatrick doesn't scare anybody either. Okay, so but Evans has targets have picked up with nine and seven the last couple weeks. I'd say if anybody was startable uh, out of that group of flyers, there, I guess it would be Lee Evans. So on, on well, the that's what I was thinking, Scott. Uh, you know, before the season started, I was immediately thinking, I'm going, you know. Uh, T.O., he might get some targets, get some targets, get some targets. But let's face it, uh, Lee Evans uh, will be very valuable to this team, uh, no matter how good or bad they're doing. Uh, he's a veteran. He's been he's been with the team for a while. And I've got, I've got Lee Evans uh, punched in in one of my teams. Well, uh, we also wanted to shout out here to Shot Caller, who is uh, doing very well in the SFOC contest. He's looking for the uh, 26th overall uh, for the million-dollar top prize in that contest. So good luck to Shot Caller. He has Adrian Peterson and Ray Rice as his running backs. Daniels as a tight end. Rogers at quarterback. Then he's got Vincent Jackson, Welker, Nix, Heinz Ward, and Greg Jennings, along with the Eagles defense. I mean, whew. Great, great. That's, that's a smoke in the squad, man. That's a that's a dynasty squad too. So, yeah. <laughs> guy plays some dynasty. Uh, so good job, shot caller. We've got uh, we've got all kinds of games, Dave. If you want to stick around for a little while, we'd love to have you uh, stick with us, and we'll talk through some of these games. You have a few minutes. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. Uh, San Francisco versus Indianapolis this week. Indy beat up on the Rams, forty-two to six last week. Donald Brown goes down. Uh, he's got that shoulder injury. He did not practice all week, so he's definitely not going to play in this game. Um, so you do have Chad Simpson coming in. It's going to be a huge day for a die, obviously. This Simpson kid will get some carries. You might want to stash him if you have a buck and, and, and see see if something happens. A die is known to, to go down. Garcon, only three for 24 last week. Uh, you, you kind of expect, but he had eight targets. Uh, second only to Reggie Wayne's nine targets. So this is a guy that's still heavily involved in the offense. Don't let that three for 24 discourage you from starting him. All the Colts are pretty much startable right now. Colley, four for 36 and a touchdown on six targets. You, you, you almost have to start all of your all of your Colts. And then on the other yeah, side I'll, of the ball, Sam, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I would uh, I would go ahead and start uh, all of your Colts. Uh, uh, on the other side, maybe I was kind of – Still in the thunder a little bit, but uh, San Francisco, Frank Gore, he may have a tough time against NDC, but uh, that, that's that's all they have. Uh, they have to go with Frank Gore and uh, see what happens. Uh, most of his points, I think he's averaging like 5.4 uh, yards per carry, but let's face it, a lot of it, a lot of that's been done on uh, big runs. Dave, do you have Gore anywhere? Yeah, I have Gore in the uh, NFSC prime time. And, yeah, he had that huge week where he had two 80-yard touchdowns, and uh, so Mike's totally right that those are the big plays that he made. We'll see how he does this week against Indianapolis. I mean, I, I know San Fran's going to probably try and, and run, 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 kind of like Miami did against Indianapolis, and they somehow lost that game where they had the ball like 40-some minutes of the game. And uh, I, I still think, I think Indy blows him out probably, and, you know, maybe Gore gets a bunch of catches or something like that. So, you know, you got to start. If, you don't, if you're not starting Gore, you're, uh, you're really loaded at running back anyway, I would think. Yeah, you know, Gore, 13 for 32 last week. Um, obviously, you know, Alex Smith is rolling to town with arguably one of the best backs in the league in Gore. 
Uh, Houston last week's not really known for their rush defense either. They're 25th in the league, and, and they didn't really get it going, of course. So I think it's going to take maybe another week or two to get going. Indy's obviously a great matchup to get it going, but they, they're 23rd against the run, so it's, it's about like a Houston matchup. Um, you know, obviously this was the Vernon Davis story last week. That's seven for 93 and three touchdowns. But the word is that Alex Smith, in in their in their day off, he worked exclusively with Crabtree, and apparently Crabtree spent his holdout. What we're hearing now, uh, Dave, he was working out and learning the playbook the whole time. He had the playbook with him, and he was working out extensively every day. And I tell you this, Alex Smith kid, he looked like an NFL quarterback, even though he lost to the Texans. That was one heck of a second-half comeback, 21 points, 15 to 22, 206 yards. I mean, that was against the 27th-ranked pass defense. i got to say that. That's Houston. That's not the Colts. He goes against the fifth-best pass defense in Indy. So I wouldn't expect more of the same, but he looked good. Yeah, you know, in, a, in one of the dynasty leagues, I mean, he went for 132 real dollars, actually. So somebody uh, invested some pretty heavy dollars in him. And um, I think from a long-term perspective, you know, a lot of times these guys in the NFL, they give up, you know, whether it's the teams or the general managers or just us as fantasy players, they give up on these guys when they're fairly young in their career, and it really does take a long time for some guys to mature, and, and um, Smith may be coming around. You never know. Although that is such a conservative offense. that Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Ray's offense, I read in the National Football Post, he's only had, in his 12 years as a coordinator, he's only had, I think it was 1,000-yard receivers in his entire time as a coordinator, and last year there were 29,000-yard receivers. So, um I don't know if I'd want Crabtree for, uh, you know, Crabtree or Smith personally, uh, like in dynasty type stuff. I don't think I would really want them, especially for the value that they're probably going to be commanding because of that offense. But um, they are talented, both of them are. Mike, you've got a question in the chat room. Um, Sean Green, we're going to switch from to garbage points in the chat room. Sean Green versus Miami defense or Torrey Holt versus the Tennessee defense as a flex. Sean Green versus Uh, Miami D or Torrey Holt versus Tennessee? I, I like Torrey Holt in that situation. Uh, Sean Green, he filled in great. Uh, he obviously, I mean, he was monstrous uh, after uh, Leon Washington broke his leg. Uh, Sean Green's going to continue to fill in, uh, but I do not like the matchup with the, you know, with the Jets going up against a great run defense. Uh, that's going to be very difficult. I would rather, uh, I'd rather roll the dice with the, uh, Torrey Holt in Jacksonville, because I, I don't know. The Jets are at home, uh, but Miami's defense is very good, so I'd, I'd rather go with Torrey Holt in that situation. Dave, do you have a comment on that? Uh, if it's a point for reception, they wouldn't absolutely Torrey Holt, because, I mean, Tennessee's pass defense, 32nd in the NFL. If Corlin Finnegan's back, he's probably playing against uh, Mike Sims-Walker, and if he's if he's not back, well, you know, Garrett should have a field day. I'll tell you what, guys, uh, and we're going to take a caller here in a second from the 717, but uh, this Sean Green kid, he's, a, he's definitely a, a good-looking player. You're going to expect a whole lot from this Jets ground game. The Jets lost Leon last week, but they beat up the Raiders 38 to nothing. If you guys saw Sanchez eating the hot dog on the bench, that was just absolutely classic. You can check that out on YouTube. Uh, the Dolphins... He tried uh, to hide it, too. <laughs> the, the Dolphins... Yeah, he did try to hide it. The Dolphins are 22nd against the rush. So I'd expect Thomas Jones and Sean Green to have a have a good day. They, they're they also tough tougher against the pass, and, and I don't think Sanchez is going to do a lot in the passing game. So I would expect a good game for Sean Green. However, 
don't know how many receptions we're going to get, and in a PPR league, you really want that from your running backs. On the other side, well, of the ball, another you had... another another thing, Scott, is they're they're not going to uh, this game will not be over with at in the third quarter like it was last week for the for the Jets. So it's different parameters there. Uh, they're they're going to have to uh, you know grind it out against Miami, and it's it's going to be a perfect Miami Jets uh, throwdown. Uh, but you know they're not going to be able to uh, have Sean Green sit there and run eight nine yards a carry every time. Let's also look on the other side of that ball, Mike. Uh, he says Torrey Holt versus Tennessee. Tennessee's thirty-second versus the pass, ninth against the rush. Surprisingly. Okay, so that says to me, right, what, start Gerard and all the Jaguars, right? You're obviously going to start MJD anyway. But looking at how the, the Titans shape up, I mean, they're just decimated in the, in the, in the back, in the secondary. Uh, they're 31st against number ones, seventh, surprisingly, against number twos, and 31st against those slot guys, against number threes. So I, I can definitely see Torrey Holt having a big day, regardless of where he's lined up on the field. Uh, Torrey Holt can have a big day. I'd probably go Torrey Holt, especially the way he's looked the last couple of weeks. So uh, that, that, that's, that's our that's our gut here, Torrey Holt. But uh, don't be surprised if Sean Green uh, sneaks in a touchdown here against against the Dolphins. Let's take a call from the seven one seven. You're on the air with uh, Red versus Blue and Dave Gerzak. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. This is Walkie. I'm calling from uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. How are you guys this evening? Great, great. Thanks for checking in. Not a problem. Uh, a couple quick questions for you guys. Uh, just I just want to get some uh, get your opinions on it. I'm in a PPR league. Uh, well, it's 25-75 PPR. I need to start two of the three falling backs: uh, Ray Rice, Ladanian Tomlinson, and Lashawn McCoy. My lean obviously is with Rice and Tomlinson because of Tomlinson's matchup. However, I know that McCoy is going to be getting the start. Uh, with I know it's kind of a tough matchup against the Giants, but in a PPR league, I really think he's going to, you know, I think uh, McNabb will check down them quite a bit, and he will get quite a few catches. So I just want to get you guys' opinion on that. Sure. Right, thanks, well, uh, Dave. Ahead. You want to check in on that or Scott? Well, here's um, – here's, here's, Go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. Okay. I, you know, I think we can – can we take Ray Rice out of the discussion because he's got to be in your lineup, right? I mean, yeah, regardless of – throw him out. Yeah. Uh, throw him out. I mean, he's already locked in. Locked in. Yeah. Locked. Yeah, he's, he's locked started. in. So it becomes between LT and McCoy. Yeah, right. so so let let's keep the conversation between LT and McCoy. And LT is the guy that you know, obviously I own in the World Championship. So I've 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 had up to here with this guy. I, I want to drop him so I don't have to be stuck with this problem every week. Because here's my dilemma: I know he's going to get shut down, and something inside me forces me to put him in my lineup hoping for that big game. Because, again, he's got a great fantasy schedule. Look, he's playing Oakland this week. They're 30th against the rush, right? And so you look at 30th against the rush, you've got to have LT in there, right? Well, look what he did last week. He had like seven attempts at the goal line, four in a row. You know, I I messaged Alex when I saw him get that touchdown on first down. I'm like, oh, week seven, hey, it's better late than never. I flip over the game, and I go back, and I look back, and he's he's now he's running it on third, fourth down. And I'm like, wait a minute. And so he, he tries four more times at the goal line, still doesn't get it in. It's just it's it's one of those years. If you're an LT owner, you are pulling your hair out. You you put him in there knowing that he's not going to do it for you, and and I'm just tired of doing that. So, okay, he has a great matchup. Thirtieth against the rush, um, 
it's one of those, okay, this is the best it's going to get for LT. If he doesn't do it here, he's not going to do it at all. On the other side, you have McCoy, and great, great matchup here. This is going to be, this is going to be interesting because the Giants, while they're good against the run, they do allow um, – they're 19th against the run, to be honest with you. Um, 19th against the run. They're also 10th versus receiving running backs. So they allow um, not a lot of points to these, these running backs and these dump passes and things of that nature. Maybe they cut that off. They're only 10th. So if you're expecting McCoy to get you some of those receptions and, and rack that, that yardage up, the Giants are, are, are pretty good at shutting that down. So well, I, see, I don't know. I, I, Scott, I, see, me, I, uh, I see the Giants putting together quite a game plan. Uh, Tom Coughlin, I'm sure he's already done it uh, after last week's loss. Uh, you know, I think McCoy gets shut down. Uh, I, I'm I'm still a believer in uh, LT. Um, he's getting stronger and stronger. They're starting oh. to give him the ball a little bit more. Um, the only thing that uh, that detracts me from LT is he's just not as good as catching the ball out of the backfield. And that's part of Phillip Rivers. That's what he likes to do. And so, but I would still go with LT. Yeah, and that's Dave. Too. They don't go ahead. I'm sorry, guys. Go ahead. Dave, would you like to comment and help Walkie out here? Oh yes, um, I, you know I would probably lean towards LT a little bit myself. But I, I guess part of it comes down for me with McCoy is that you still haven't seen a whole lot out of him, and he looks like he's pretty good, but he doesn't look like fantastic. You don't, you know, I don't sit there and go, oh god, he looks so great last against Washington. I, I, I saw him and he, yeah, he looked okay. McNabb doesn't look all that great either, frankly. So he, he throws seven-yard passes that people see. I don't understand how bad he can how he can throw for 150 last weekend. And, you know, I could see there's no way San Diego is not destroying Oakland. And, uh, you know, in the third third quarter, even if they're up 27 to 10, I could see Tomlinson getting a nice garbage touchdown just because they want to get him one, you know, like a legacy touchdown. And um, I think I'd probably go that direction. Yeah, my concern there is actually I just am a little because I think that game is going to get ugly, and I think they are going to blow them out, blow the Raiders out. Where I think that McCoy is going to be in a closer, you know, NFC rival game with the Giants. It's going to obviously be, be a tighter game, and uh, you know the Eagles are so pass happy too. And I just think that mm-hmm. I think he's going to get a lot of garbage points, you know, so to speak. And, uh, and plus he's a feature back. There's no one to take carries away from him, you know. Where in San right. Diego you got Sproles, you know, that comes in there on third downs, you know. So mm-hmm. it's kind of tough, but uh, but I appreciate you guys' advice. And I just want to throw another quick one out there, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, I'm also sure, in sure. a PPR league. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm also in a PPR league. Uh, I'm starting Andre, of course, despite, you know, he looks like he's a go. Um, I also have Steve Smith of the Giants and Devin Hester. I picked up Devin Hester this, this week. Do you think Hester is worth a shot at playing over Smith? Or, cause Smith's kind of been – he's been kind of <laughs> – I can't win with him because I have him and Ocho Cinco. Of course, Ocho Cinco's on the bye. In the first four weeks of the season, I was playing Ocho Cinco, and that's when Steve Smith was blowing up, of course. And then mm-hmm. I <laughs> then I started, obviously, playing Steve Smith the past couple of weeks, and, of course, Ocho's now, you know, he, he's stepping <laughs> his game up. So I'm kind of – I don't have that to make this week, so I just want to get you guys' opinion to see if maybe I'm making the right move as far as keeping Smith in there. I know that, you know, he is uh, Eli, you know, possession guy and go-to guy, but he's been spreading it around. Plus, that offense has been struggling, too. So, Yeah. We, Walkie, we may want to get Alex in here. Uh, you know, later in the show, you might want to listen because he, he, is, he is the uh, the Giants insider. But I'll tell you what, this uh, this Philly defense is tough. 
against those number one wide receivers. They're number one in the league against those number one wide receivers. Now, I assume that Steve Smith's still lining up in that number one position, uh, right. even though Nix is more of your number one prototypical wide receiver. But regardless, look at Philly. Number one, number nine, and number seven against one, two, and three wide receivers. They definitely man up and beat you up. It's a physical, physical game. You have to be very physical to uh, to, to play against Philadelphia. Your other option, Devin Hester. I mean, what a great what a great game last week. I mean, they're behind all game. And like, I think you hit on something very important, Walkie, earlier in the show when you mentioned the game situation and and how the pace of the game and how the game's going to shape up is, is ultimately your decision maker here. And the question, last, you know, last week, Hester, they had to throw. They're down all game. They're throwing, trying to get back in the game, getting absolutely trounced by the, by the uh, Bengals. And so Hester comes out of there with eight catches and 101 yards. Right, so this right. game right. may be completely different when you've got Cleveland, who's 31st in the league against the run. You still have Cutler, though. He's still going to throw it, but he can spread it out so much that it, mo- it, it won't probably be targeted to Hester because it's not a must-type situation for Hester. So. He's missed very hard to bench right now. Yeah, that that is a very hard call. Uh, honestly, uh, myself, I lean towards Steve Smith. Okay. Well, I, that's, that's the way I'm leaning. I just kind of want to get, you know, I always like to get second and third. Ultimately, ultimately, I guess we as owners got to make our own decisions for ourselves. But yeah. I, I just want to get you guys' input, and I appreciate it. So uh, keep up the good work, and I'll continue to listen to your shows. Well, Thanks thank, for listening. Thanks for calling in. in. appreciate it. Yeah, and again, take care, Walkie. Listen, he brings up a, he brings up some good points there, um, Mike, about the game situation. I think that's real key. And in this Chicago game, you're very likely you're going to see uh, Devin Hester matched up against a, a, a cornerback, and they're not really going to have to throw to Hester. It's, it's going to be one of those games that he can toss it anywhere. The interesting thing is Cleveland is number 30 against tight ends. I mean, this could be a huge Greg Olson game, you know, just tossing in the middle, get a couple touchdowns to Olson. Uh, Hester might still beat you deep, though. I could see Hester beating Cleveland deep, getting a touchdown. You know, right all the all of a sudden you've got 13 points in one play. Steve Smith's gonna have to work his tail off, guys, for 13 points. This is one of those well, games where I know Steve. I, I like Steve Smith, and they're gonna be in a in a better, uh, more contested game. But that's a defensive nightmares game. You could see a receiver having the best receiver day could be four for 55 on both sides of the ball. Where I could see Chicago, you know, airing it out, uh, just because they're raw, you know they they want to get feel a little bit better about what happened last week. Is Dave like still with us? Go ahead, Dave. I think I like Hester, I think I like Hester a little bit myself. I mean, the reason and the reasoning is that obviously Cleveland's got a poor defense, and, and so Chicago should have no problems scoring twenty four to twenty eight to thirty one points. And Smith has now gone cold, you know, like. I think people are starting Smith a little bit based on what he did the first four weeks. He's now gone a little bit cold, and Hester's actually been heating up. Um, and, you know, Ann Smith has a tough matchup against Philly. Uh, at Philly, against a really a fairly elite uh, pass defense, I don't know. I, I don't think I would have a problem starting Hester over Smith, although it probably wouldn't be the yeah. most popular move out there. I think i go Hester. They, uh, Mike, what about you? You said you said Steve Smith? Yeah, I, I still go Steve Smith because uh, this uh, this game – I see the Giants uh, just maybe being behind a little bit, uh, but still making that big play, that one big play that uh, Manning and Smith, because let's face it, I don't think Manning was really healthy last week. Uh, You know, I'm still going to go see Smith on that, but that is very tough. That's a very tough decision. 
Yeah, I think with the emergence of Knicks there, Hickson's back in the fold. Touchdowns are not going to be easy to come by in that game, especially against the pass. I'm going to go Devin Hester in that matchup, but like you said, it, you, you could go either way. And you know what? Hey, uh, we've got Alex coming on, so let, let's pop Alex in here since we are talking giant football. Uh, you know, we usually we usually give uh, Alex a, a, a good introduction here. I don't know if he is the smartest if, man alive. <laughs> could, could we go? Could we go with that intro, or do you or you want to just keep it keep it like it's been? Let's do it. Prognosticator coming in the building. I think we're going nice. Terminator. <laughs> I think we're going to go 90 minutes tonight, guys. You want you want to go 90 minutes? Yes, I can do it. Let's go. Let's go 90 minutes tonight. We're gonna we're gonna extend it because we've got questions all over the chat room. I want to get to them. We've got Alex. The prognosticator has joined us, and we want to get his picks. Hello, Alex. How are you, buddy? Hey, guys. What's up? Talk to us about Doing that good, Steve, Alex Smith, uh, Steve Smith. Steve Smith Hester. You've been on fire, buddy. Uh, Steve Smith Hester. It's very interesting. Uh, I got Hester as one of my um, props for you uh, later on. Um, so uh, I could talk about Hester a little bit later, but. I can tell you with Steve Smith, I've been, you know, obviously watching the Giants every week. I've talked to, about them uh, with people quite a bit, and um, I've always felt that it would it would shift from where the uh, the, the dominance of the running game would uh, sooner or later uh, basically um, take over, and um, and I, I didn't what I didn't know. That uh, they would get go into the slump where right now you really can't you can't, really can't put your finger on what you know which way the, which direction the the offense is going to go. But if I had to guess, I would guess especially against the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, which uh, have not been very good stopping the, the Giants' rush, and especially Brandon Jacobs. Uh, I'm going to say that Jacobs is going to have the bigger game, and the running game is going to have uh, the bigger game. Uh, and Steve Smith will probably not break out uh, or uh, get back to that stud status that he had the first four weeks. Well, I agree with that uh, as far as Jacobs coming on board and taking over that spot right now, especially with Ahmad Bradshaw and this. He's going to see a specialist, right? I think that's what we're hearing now with this ankle and, and, and foot injury. He has it every week. It's been very persistent and but the guy's playing, right? He's playing through pain. What you sent me a link the other day, Alex. It read something like, "Hey, it's, I'm gonna run on it until it until it falls off, or run until it breaks. And when it breaks, I'm you know then I'll be done." All right, heck of a football you know, player. Yeah, that's a football player. And, and up to this point, I always uh, the last few years, I really really respected Frank Gore, and I thought that he was. I've I've often uh, heard him interviewed and just talk about the game of football. And I really like the way he approaches the game. When I heard this, when I read this yesterday or the other the other day from uh, Brasher saying that, you know, yeah, it's broken a little bit, but you know, if it break if it breaks totally, then you know, I'll run out until it breaks completely, and and when it does, then I'll get the surgery. I, I mean, I, you know, do you ever hear any anyone talk like that? I mean, that's Ronnie Lott uh, uh, talk. You know, for those who remember Ronnie Lott with you know cutting off the finger. I mean, you know, you don't get players like that too often these days. It uh, sounds like he's playing for a contract, and that's that's a good fantasy player to own. You know, he could be playing for a contract, but he could be playing to uh, also uh, 
teach the younger kids that, hey, you know, this is the way it is. This is what, this is what we do. Uh, this is my lifestyle for 17 weeks, uh, 16 weeks, what have you, and uh, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, I, I'm going to disagree with both of you guys. I think he's just a hardcore football player. I think this is, has nothing to do with money. I think it has nothing to do with the kids uh, and because he's a kid himself. I don't know. He's, I think he's 24 or something. I mean, he's only been in the league. This is his third year. Uh, so, I mean, I think this guy is just a hard-nosed football player, about as hard as they come. Three four seven three two four five four zero four. We are on the air with Alex Kaganowski and Dave Gerzak, both the owners of the FFPC. Uh, we, we've got them both with us tonight, so take advantage and and get in here. They're, they are two heck of a uh, heck of a good uh, fantasy players in the high stakes world. They're doing very well both, and uh, we always get Alex on here for these player props. We've all been making a little side cash uh, here on some of these uh, websites. You can go find one of the sportsbook. I think it's sportsbook.com. We give a free plug for those guys. Uh, to get these player props in. Alex, you went one and two last week, but like we said, you hit on that plus 220, Peyton Manning, uh, three touchdowns. And yeah, that broke you even, so. Yeah, that bailed me out. Uh, I, I got to be honest, overall, I went uh, nine and 14 uh, last week, and that was my worst losing week in three years. Uh, so, you know, I, got, I, I, I brag about the good week, so, I, I, you know, I got to come <laughs> Come clean about the bad one. So, yeah, yeah that was, that was yeah. a pretty, uh, pretty embarrassing week, but hopefully I'll turn it around fast here. But, um, yeah, that, that was, you know, the plus 220 on Madden getting three touchdowns, I thought it was it was just an incredible uh, uh, incredible play. You know, I mean, I thought that, was, that should have been maybe a plus 40, plus 50. And to get plus 220 was, uh, was a real bargain, and obviously hitting it felt pretty good. Well, let's, let's get on to this week's plays then. We're all anxious. Everybody has their pens out in the chat room. They've got their pens. They're ready to write these plays down. And uh, Alex is a value picks uh, value picker, so let's, let's see what he's got this week. Pick number one. All right. Pick number one. We're going to go to uh, somebody who I haven't uh, touched on this year and uh, who actually I didn't really like too much uh, in terms of fantasy production, uh, and that's Muhammad Massacoy. Um, I was not really one of those guys that expected great things from him. Uh, but um, as, it, as it's turning out, he's really becoming really involved in the offense. So what I'm going to do with this play, it's a, it's a reception play. Over-under on his receptions for this game is two and a half. And I'm going to take the over two and a half receptions, yeah. uh, minus uh, 15 cents. And, you know, the reason it being here is, you know, the guy is obviously a starting wide receiver. He's obviously the number one wide receiver on that team. Uh, he's getting, he's averaging eight targets per game. He's catching very, very little of those eight targets. But sooner or later, that's got to change. And, uh, you know, it, look, anytime, two and a half, I, I always look at it that way. Two and a half, uh, anytime you see a starting wide receiver in the NFL and, and the total is two and a half, got to take the over. Mike, what do you That's think, buddy? Done at halftime. Done at halftime. You think he? You think he's got it? You think he's got it by halftime, huh? Yep. What do you think, Dave? Sounds good to me. I can't see. Uh, can't fault, fault that logic at all. Sounds great. Mine, 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 Mike's. Both, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. No, right, he's, 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 
mean, that's, not, that's nothing, really. Three catches is nothing. Hey, I'll tell you what, Alex, there's nothing like taking an over when it's done at halftime, and this thing can be done at halftime. Uh, you know, they're going to be obviously coming from behind against Chicago. They're coming from behind. I don't care who it is, but uh, Masquai, uh, he's starting to mature in that in that position, so I, I, think, I, I think that's done at halftime. Well, you may have mentioned this. Sorry. You may have mentioned it, Alex. Chicago number 30 in the league against number one wide receivers. I'm sure that's what you're looking at. Massaquai, eight targets last week. you got to get him in there because this is a game that's setting up perfectly for him. I don't know why it would be set so low. It looks like a mistake. Yeah, the um, you know the uh, Chicago um, pass defense being that poor, uh, I did not mention it, but I, you know that's become pretty obvious to everybody. Uh, obviously, after you know last week's game and uh, practically the whole season, so yeah, that that definitely plays into the thinking. But quite honestly, even if he was playing, uh, you know, uh, Oakland Raiders, quite honestly, with uh, you know us us Amuga, uh, or you know whatever the guy's name is. Awesome. I can never get yeah. Um, even if he was playing him, uh, I may consider taking the over two and a half just simply for the value of it. Well, and it's interesting if you guys are still scared about Asamoa. It's interesting that they are number twenty this year versus number one wide receivers. He's not a shutdown this year. Last year they he was dominant. Not a shutdown this year. When you're number twenty in the league uh, to number one wide receivers, not as scary as as one thought. So. All right, let's move on to pick number two then. So we've got uh, Masakwai over two and a half. Mike thinks it's over by halftime, and I agree. I think you, I think you'll get that one pretty easy. That's minus one ten. Minus fifteen. One fifteen. Okay, one fifteen. No problem. All right, uh, pick number two. We're going to go to another uh, defensive play here. I don't really take these too often. Uh, I took one last year with uh, Reed not intercepting a ball. I win that. I won that one. I took another one a couple of weeks ago with uh, going back to Reed, not intercepting a ball, uh, and I was laying 220, I believe, both times. And I hit that one, and I'm going to go back to the well again. But this time it's with Asante Samuel, uh, who's, uh, I believe, uh, I'm, I don't know if he's leading the league, but I know he's got four interceptions in the first six games, and uh, that's got to be up there with the, the leaders of interceptions. Uh, so they've made the line minus 220 that he – will not get an interception. And I'm going to lay the wood here, and I'm going to say that he will not be picking the game, uh, picking the ball off Eli Manning. And, and just uh, for, uh, if you want to take a look at his, the four interceptions, they came against Stallone, they came against Josh Johnson of Tampa Bay, and they came against uh, Russell, his four interceptions, with, uh, uh, with him picking off two against one of those quarterbacks. And, you know, right now he's going up against Eli Manning, who's really, you know, since since the beginning of his career, stopped throwing those picks. Uh, so I, I believe this is a really good value play. If you if you're not afraid of laying laying the money, I believe this is a good value play. Minus two twenty that he will not catch catch an interception. Oh, that's one of those games, Mike, where Eli'd be scaring the heck out of me with some of those passes. You know, I could see Philly taking a couple of those to the house. This is a this is one of those. Rivalry games, intense games. That uh, well, what this is a rematch, right? Of of the playoffs from last year, right? Isn't it, aren't they? Didn't they play each other in the playoffs? Uh, yeah, they played yeah. last year, and and uh, and Philly beat them up pretty good. Just keep in mind, this is not the same defense as it was last year. Uh, Jim Johnson is no longer there, and and they're very different. 
they're very different on defense. And uh, this is not, you know, what Eli Manning, the way Eli Manning played in that game, that's not the typical Eli Manning that you see. I'm not saying that you, you won't see him this week. You may, but that's not the typical Eli Manning that usually uh, that usually shows up on, shows up on Sundays. I totally agree, Alex. Uh, the way that they uh, they learned a lot from that Arizona game, uh, speaking of uh, the Giants, um, Eli Manning, the whole offense, the whole defense, they learned a ton from that uh, from that game against Arizona. So, you know, I, they're they're not going to make mistakes. Tom Coughlin, they make sh- he makes sure that they don't make the same mistakes twice. So uh, I don't, you know, I I kind of go with you on that one. All right, and you know, I think it's worth it's also worth mentioning that if you believe like I do that the Giants are going to really try to you know take over with the running game this week, uh, uh, you know, it probably plays into the you know the the thought that there may be less of a chance of Eli throwing that interception. Hey, before we uh, before we get to the third pick, Lance in the chat room is talking about Jennings, saying Greg Jennings is worthless right now, and there's no. Uh, no proof he'd be worth much, even with an injury. Well, you know, I, I did read this week that the Packers are making a commitment to get Greg Jennings the ball earlier in the game. Uh, they're making an effort to get that ball in his hands sooner and let him make the plays. Um, what, it, what it read was similar to what's happening with Lee Evans in Buffalo. So, uh, and obviously, you know, if you have Aaron Rodgers in that, uh, in that discussion, you have to have some faith that they are going to find a way to get Jennings in. So, Lance, don't sell Greg Jennings just yet. All right, uh, number three, Alex, number three on the play. Hey, can I make a comment about Jennings real real quick? Well, I haven't been watching the Green Bay games, and I would love to know, what's with his yards per, per catch average? Uh, I mean, the guy averaged like 18, 19 yards per catch last year yeah. for the first yeah. two, three years. He's catching like 5 for 50, 6 for 60. I mean, what's going on? And that's what I like to know. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's injured. It just seems like he's not being used. Uh, he's not running the deep routes. Yeah. I, I, saw a, I saw a stat on that, Alex, and it showed that uh, Driver is getting, like, all of the deep balls. <laughs> Driver's getting every one of those deep balls. that used to go to Jennings last year. Driver's getting them. I don't know if they worked in the off season and they're really clicking, but, you know, it's, it seems like it's a Donald Driver show out there, and you, you get him, you know, three or four rounds later, so. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. All right, let's go to pick number three, and um, we're gonna go to uh, uh, Hester, uh, the guy that you talked about earlier. Wow. And uh, I know Dave uh, said that he likes Hester. He's heating up. Uh, he's coming off two big games, yardage wise, and uh, he scored a touchdown in last week's game, uh, over 100 yards. And I agree. I think he, you know, he is definitely. Uh, being used uh, fairly more more consistently, but in this particular case, the the uh, total on his the over under on his yards uh, this week is eighty and a half. Who's this? And one eighty and a half Hester Hester. Oh Hester Hester. Uh, so the over under on his yards uh, total yards is eighty and a half. Uh, I'm sorry, this is just receiving yards, not total yards. Um, so anytime I see a Fairly inconsistent uh, wide receiver, or certainly not in the in the, anywhere near the category uh, of, of being called a stud just yet, or put in the same class as any of the you know the, the Fitzgeralds and Andre Johnson, uh, with a total that's this high, 80 and a half, I'm going to instinctively take the under. 
regardless of the matchup, regardless of how hot he's, he's going, he, he has been. Um, so that's basically my thinking because the guy is just as capable of having a two for 20 game and, you know, possibly in a game where the running game takes over, uh, maybe a couple of touchdowns to, uh, to Knox and Olsen and, you know, then a defense takes over and that's the end of Hester basically for the rest of the day. So, uh, I'm going to say that if he gets to 80, he'll probably be uh, on the back of a big big play, maybe a 40 to 50-yard reception. Otherwise, I can't see him catching six, uh, five, six, seven balls to get to 80 yards. So I'm going to take the under uh, minus 15 cents. Well, I'll tell you what, Alex. Uh, you know, the funny thing, you, you just laid it out at the very end, uh, unless a big play happens, is there going to be a big, long play with the Browns and Bears, I don't think there will be. Um, we're, <laughs> I agree with you on all three of them. Um, I love Devin Hester under eighty Uh-oh. and a half. Oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> but uh, you know, you just said that, uh, <laughs> don't don't change them. Don't change them, my man. Don't change them. Uh, but that, that's funny because there will not be a big long play at the end of the game uh, to where he nails a 50, 60 yard reception when he's got uh, 15 in the bank. So um, I don't know. I like that. Well, listen, this is just like the stock market. You don't you don't uh, buy, you don't sell based on today's news. Uh, you have to think long term. When you're when you're with the prognosticator, you're with him all season long. You don't pick and choose uh, which plays you like and which plays you don't. You could have your opinion. You still play them all. At the end of the year, you'll be very very happy. Uh, I disagree with the Hester too. I think Hester will get his yards, but it, it's it's one of those it's a crapshoot type game. You know, it depends. They could rest him early after he gets you know he could catch one or two balls and and be real close to eighty, but the game be out of you know out of reach for for Cleveland to get back in it and. And they don't need him anymore. They just kind of get their use out of Forte. I think they will get their yards against Cleveland. That's just my gut feeling says they're going to get a little angry. They're going to roll up some yards on Cleveland. And, and Hester has been pretty consistent in the games he's played uh, and been healthy. Barring the Pittsburgh game week two when he was four for 21, he went for 90, 76, 83, and 101. Obviously only two yards in the Detroit game when he went out with the injury. But the guy's been, the guy's been fairly consistent for Cutler and, and they're, they're, he's going to him. In clutch situations, clutch third downs, clutch plays, when they need some yards, they're going to Hester. So I'm well, kind of, I, I'm kind I, of I, another, another thing to look at, Scott, is uh, what – I mean, r- really, what is Cleveland's uh, rush and pass defense? When you look at it, I, I mean – Yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland's Cleveland. the worst – one of the worst in the league in the rush defense. So they're going to definitely use Forte. Right, yep. And, you know, it, it, it's worth mentioning, guys, everything you're saying is correct, Scott uh, and Mike, but it's worth mentioning when you're looking at these plays just from a betting uh, perspective, you look at his play 80 and a half. Uh, now, even though, you, you, let's say you like Hester, okay, let's say you think he, may, he has a shot to have a big game. Are you going to take the over 80 and a half? You probably, if you had to choose, would you take the over 80 and a half or lay off the bet altogether, Scott? What would you do? Sure. Oh well, that's that's where the, that's where your value comes in. You definitely take the under, right? So that and that's my point is, you would probably not take the over simply because even though you think he may go over, but you, you know you, you're not sure, so you may just lay off the bet. With me, I feel comfortable enough that there's enough value in the underplay here to take the under. So 
what I, you know, that's basically my point. I, I look at it and I say to myself, if if I, you know, if if I could go either way on a particular play, if I could find reasons to go uh, either over or under on a particular play, I'm not even going to, you know, try to convince myself one way or the other. I have to see it, you know, I have to see one side of it immediately. And and that's basically what I do. So I you know I see the value in the under immediately. I know I would never bet the over, uh, with with that number with eighty and a half. And so that's basically where my uh, thinking comes from. Well, that's way to break that, that that's a real good way to break it down, Alex. Uh, you you have different different angles and uh, different looks at it. Uh, and like I you said, like I, I, I agree with like all three. Masquai over uh, two and a half. Uh, I like that. Uh, Daniels, uh, no no interception. I like that. And Devin Hester under 80, 80 and a half. I mean, so, you know. You're in, uh, you're in trouble this up. week, Alex. You're you're in trouble this week. Mike agrees with you on all three. You are in big trouble. That's the kiss of death. <laughs> yeah, I'm due for an 0 3, for an 0 for here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Alex, uh, real quick before you go, tell us uh, tell us how your uh, how your high stakes teams are doing. You've all, you've been up there all year. How how they do last week? Oh man, my whack up team is uh, <laughs> after having a really strong seven weeks or six weeks. Uh, last week uh, basically was a disaster for me. Not points wise, I scored pretty well and I won the game, but uh, I, I had uh, Wayne go down to the groin injury, and you know even though he's supposed to play. You never know how that's going to linger. You know, groin injuries are never good for wide receivers or anybody, really. Uh, I lost Cooley, who was my backup tight end. Uh, and, most, you know, most people say, oh, what's the big deal? But, you know, I really, you know, I drafted him in the ninth round to back up Dallas Clark, and I really liked having the depth of that position uh, and having the ability of flexing Cooley when, need, you know, when I need to. Have you flexed uh, him yet this year? I did. I think I flexed him at least once. Uh, it didn't work out, but I, you know, I, it's just overall it, it adds a lot of depth when you have the Greedy, ability of flex, uh, of flexing a tight end. So, um, greedy. Yeah, greedy. Uh, <laughs> so I lost Cooley. Um, who knows? Uh, you know, I haven't dropped him yet. And then uh, who else? Did I, who else did I lose? I lost someone else. Leon? Uh, no. Oh, uh, well, Amar Brasher news came out, you know, with hmm. broken uh, with a broken foot. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, everyone, I think all his owners are basically hoping that he was going to heal, you know, that that ankle is going to heal within a few weeks. And all of a sudden, you know, we get the news that it's, he might only get worse with time. So, yeah, so, you know, that, that team is uh, is definitely leading the division. Uh, I mean, my league at the moment, but uh, kind of on the verge of falling apart. We'll see. Oh, the team. Yeah, the, 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 the NFFC that, team is that team's on good, fire. Yeah. The NFFC, well, NFFC team is pretty good. Uh, I, I lost. I lost. Uh, I got knocked off. Knocked out of first place record-wise, but I'm still up there in points, so I feel pretty confident there. Alex is always the type of guy. If you don't know him, uh, he, he comes on and, and he'll message you like right after the um, right after the Sunday night game, and he'll, he'll message you and say. Man, I just lost by a point. <laughs> you, you, you'll be like, "Oh man, sorry to hear about that." And then five minutes later, you'll be like, "No, wait, I won. I won by a point." <laughs> it's always it, it's always something like that with Alex, and it just seems like the breaks uh, some you know going your way. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. And uh, thanks for joining us on Red vs. Blue. And uh, let's 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 nail these props this week, buddy. 
right. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thanks, Steve, Alex. That was Alex Kaganowski, the prognosticator, with us every week. And, and Dave, you obviously know uh, Alex well, uh, gotten to know him very well as owners of the FFPC. Uh, you guys got any anything planned you want to tell us about in the next year? Anything you want to leak to the Red versus Blue crew here? Or, you know, any, any announcements or? Yeah, is Alex gone? Can I, I'll just say I can, I can announce everything right now, right? He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. All right. All right. I got, I got like ten <laughs> announcements. <laughs> uh, we're not we're not really willing to make any uh, firm announcements regarding okay. our grand prize going any direction at all. Right now. Okay. All right. No, it, it no won't further it won't be going down. <laughs> well, we enjoyed having, uh, we enjoyed hosting the Red vs. Blue Satellite, the Red vs. Blue Big Payback. We hope to see both of those uh, return next year. Mike, how is your Red vs. Blue uh, Satellite League before we get to these injuries and breaking down these last few games? Well, you know, I continue to get about 120 points every week, and that's just not enough. Not enough. Team, Team Thompson is. Uh, very solid. I mean, you're talking oh, yeah. about 180 points a week. Uh, I want to give a player. shout out to him. Uh, you know, he's been pretty solid uh, throughout the year. Um, and there's just, you know, a lot of others that I'm I'm, I'm beating, but I don't feel good about uh, being in uh, seventh or eighth place. I, I want to be close to the top, and it's not quite getting there. But Tim Thompson looks very tough. Don is a very seasoned, high-stakes fantasy player. He's uh He's been around and, and kicking, taking names uh, for quite a while in the in the world of high stakes fantasy football. Dave, if Larry Johnson was cut in your league, would you pick him up? If Larry Johnson, if I had a baseball bat, I'd hit him over the head with it because I started him over yeah. Vernon Davis in an auction league last week, like a moron. So, mm. but let's not talk about Larry Johnson to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick up Larry Johnson for any reason at all. I don't. You know, I think the Chiefs are getting rid of him in about two weeks. There's some hatred for Larry Johnson in the chat room. Uh, let's look at the run down the injuries real quick before we get to these last few games, Mike. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, full practice on Thursday with the Achilles. It's nice to see Stewie uh, getting in there, but D. Will is obviously the man. Bolden with the ankle injury and Breston with the knee. Both been limited all week long. Who knows what's going to happen there uh, for those two. Uh, they're definitely going to need them if they're going to uh, you know, hope for another run, playoff run like they had last year. They're going to need both those guys at full strength. A.J., full practice. Andre with the chest injury, so they think he's going to go. Cotri may be back this week. He was limited Friday with that hamstring, and the hammies are always, eh, you're iffy. You, you could play. You might not play. Uh, they that, that's one of those. Oh, man, they do. And you never know if, if they're going to be ready for game time or not. Yep. So if, if you're waiting on Cotri, uh, you, you could be waiting all day to find out whether or not he's going to play or not. Coach, Coach uh, said he's going to play. That's what he thinks. Rex Ryan said he's going to play. Sexy Rex. Who's missing? Uh, one thing I want to bring up is uh, who's missing uh, Cedric Benson? Who's missing uh, Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, Clinton Portis, man, he's not much in the all the, all the right Patriots, now. But all the Patriots are on by. Yep. New England, I mean, that's a lot of – we got a lot of players on by this week. And uh, – it's probably the biggest bye week that I've seen in quite some time. That's a good point. That's why these decisions are going to be very crucial for you guys. Again, Cotri's a 1 o'clock game. You're going to find out before the 1 o'clock game whether or not you're going to have him available. Barian, uh, limited Friday. Again, he's got a hammy injury. Favre limited Friday with the hip. You know he'll play. 
Uh, we're going to talk about that game here in a minute. Jamarcus uh, Finley, uh, he's another player that did not practice Friday. doesn't look like he's going to go. We talked about Bradshaw seeing the specialist. Westbrook did not practice all week long with a concussion. You don't like uh, that if you're a Westbrook owner. Hopefully you're not if you listen to this program. Deshaun Jackson, probable with the ankle. That was scary. Obviously he put up 25 points or so in the first half on Monday night. Thank God because that's uh, the only guy I had going on Monday night in the world championship. He saved my week. Uh, Darren McFadden, sorry, Dave. He did not practice all week. Still, he's out again. Donald Brown did not practice with the shoulder, so you will see a little bit of Chad Simpson coming in to relieve Joseph Adai, and if Adai gets banged up, you have to think that it's going to be all Peyton all the time. Marion Barber, this is an absolute mess. He did fully practice this week. Now he's got a thumb injury. Uh, that's a, such a crowded backfield. We're going to talk about them here in a second. And then the big news, uh, Calvin Johnson, limited all week with the knee injury. Looks like he's going to go, but, man, if you have Calvin Johnson, uh, very likely you, your team is hurting right now because you have not had your stud player all year long. So those yeah, are the injuries. Oh, well, if, if you're still in contention with Calvin on your bench, man, you are, you are going to be very strong come time for the playoffs, man. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Mike. Josh Morgan, uh, let's go back to the San Fran real quick. Josh Morgan and Crabtree, both uh, last week, four for 63. Crabtree, five for 56. Which one do you like this week? I love Crabtree. He's settling in, and uh, things look pretty good for the future of San Francisco. Uh, I think Mike Singletary loves the kid, and uh, it's just it's a situation of uh, just getting comfortable about being there and doing things, and he he's already proven that he's a he's a great wide receiver. So here's a chance for uh, here's a chance for a Crabtree to really open up uh, against Indy. Uh, you know, and like I said, that won't be tough. I, I it's mean, gonna be very easy. tough. Yeah, it's gonna be very tough. But uh, here's a chance for uh, a lot of kids to uh, see what they got. Yeah, I, uh, it, it's one of those, if you're in a crunch situation uh, and you have Morgan or Crabtree, it wouldn't be a bad pick. They are fifth best pass D in the league, uh, and that's because they stop you on the touchdowns. But I, I could see San Fran getting some work. Gore's going to get a lot of work this week. Hopefully he does better than what he did last week. I think first week Gore's just getting back into the game, uh, and they kind of took him out of the game too, 13 for 32. But really, it, he was really kind of taken out of the game. Let's see what he can do this week. Denver-Baltimore is interesting, Dave. Both teams were on a bye last week. Uh, Baltimore's favored by three-and-a-half at home against an undefeated team. Uh, Baltimore's three-and-a-half point favorite, 41-and-a-half over-under. So they're looking at about like a a 2018-type game, 2017, 2118-type game here uh, for Baltimore. Denver is sixth against the pass, second against the run. Ferocious defense this year. Uh, with our boy from Louisville up on the line. Baltimore, 14th versus the pass and 6th versus the run. So you can pass against Baltimore a little bit. So expect Orton to do that with Marshall. Maybe Royal can get into it. Um, Mike, who do you like here? Do you like Scheffler? Is, is Scheffler the type of tight end that can that can carry you on a, on a bye week type uh, week? Scott, this was the first game that popped into uh, on my offshore account. The under 41 and a half, I absolutely love the under. Uh, the reason I say that, Baltimore at home, there's going to be a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on them doing well. Um, Denver and uh, 
Orton, I mean, they're going to make things, you know, they're, they're, they're going to do well, but let's face it, Carl Orton, he's not going to put up amazing numbers. Um, Denver, I don't see him running against Baltimore very well. Uh, Baltimore is, uh, you know, I, I see Joe Flacco having a pretty decent game, but maybe 200 yards passing. This game is between the 30s, not the 40s, but between the 30s. And uh, I think Baltimore is going to win the game in a very couple low of, scoring. A cu- couple of quick stats here for Dave. Uh, Denver 14th versus the tight end. Baltimore's 23rd versus the tight end. So maybe this is the day for Sheffler. He had a huge day against San, San Diego before the bye. And then, Dave, uh, Denver 25th versus number one wide receiver. So that sounds like a big day for Mason. Uh, number one in the league against number two wide receivers, so I don't think I'd be starting a Mark Clayton this week uh, looking at that stat. Baltimore, number 28 in the league versus number one, so Marshall should have a huge day. And 18th versus the league against number twos. And so, you know, this looks like a game that Orton could have a, a, have a pretty good day. You know, it's, it, it, I really like Mike's analysis, actually, of the game. Um, I really think that it is going to be a lower-scoring type game, even though some of those stats made lead themselves to believe that those guys are going to do well. I mean, obviously, if you have Marshall, you're starting him, but I, I don't know. I just I don't think that it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I think, like, 17-13, something like that. And um, I don't know. So, I, I guess, you know, if you have Mason, you have Marshall, you're starting him, but I would uh, limit my expectations somewhat on both those guys. Well, Mike took the under, so we're going to be watching that one. Under 41-and-a-half. I think this is not your typical Ravens. It's not your typical Broncos. Broncos are going to bring the defense. Ravens are going to bring the offense, I think, in this game. I think you're going to see a big day out of Mason. I think I think Baltimore will very likely run and, and, and pass against uh, the Broncos. Ray Rice is a receiving threat anyway out of the backfield. So even though Denver has a good rushing defense, no way you can bench Ray Rice. So that's that's not even in the equation. Uh, another thing I'd like to I'd like to see in this game is uh, coming out of the running back situation in Denver. You've got this mess, okay, where if you own Moreno, I I own Buckhalter as well in the FFPC. I own Buckhalter and Moreno, and I'm going back and forth on these guys. So, Mike or Dave, do you see it setting up for either guy differently? I've I've been watching. Buckhalter's been getting the receptions in that game, but he's also been running hard, and I heard the coach say that he's the fastest player on the team. So, if you have Buckhalter and Moreno, any chance you put Buckhalter in over him? Uh, me personally, I'll go ahead, Dave. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I personally start Moreno over, over Buckhalter myself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would too, uh, because they're going to end up splitting carries. Uh, in my opinion, there is no way that uh, that Baltimore is going to allow Denver to get into a comfort zone. Uh, so, you know, they may they may start out with Buckhalter, uh, but Moreno might. I mean, he might play the uh, second quarter, and it's just going to go back and forth. Uh, I totally agree with Dave, but I've seen this game 17-10 at best. Wow. Well, they've got it at 40 for a reason. I don't know if it's going to be 40, but uh, that's where they have it right now. And, again, in these PPR leagues, I'm I'm, I'm looking for who's getting the work. And, and man, if you fumble that ball, you are getting put on the bench and – Denver is is no joke when it comes to that. I saw Moreno went out, Buck Halter comes in. 
and, and that's that's the way they've been playing it. Moreno has not well, been getting the receptions like uh, like Buckhalter has. Well, another thing about it, though, Scott, is you got to realize that Baltimore, uh, chances are they're going to use Ray Rice big time uh, out of the backfield. And But it's it's all about ball control. This game, it could be nothing to nothing with eight minutes in, in, in the first quarter, and it could be the first drive, whether it's Denver or uh, Baltimore. So, you know, they're going to eat up clock. I really believe that, and uh, – Next thing you know, you know, it's halftime. It could be 7-7 or 10-7. Yeah. I just don't see any touchdowns coming in this game. They limited Adrian Peterson uh, and the Vikings to zero touchdowns. I mean, they gave up some yards, but they, they didn't allow them any rushing touchdowns. So I, I'm i looking, okay, if I'm not going to get a touchdown here, which player am I going to start? Well, I'm going to get. I'm going to put the one in that's, you know, getting those dump passes. And, and Buckhalter's looking good this year. Let's move on to the next game. That's one of my favorite games to watch this week, by the way. We have 10 minutes left in the program. Uh, we talked a little bit about Houston and Buffalo, so we're going to skip over that game. Uh, Seattle versus Dallas, Mike. This is your, these are your boys here. Romo to Austin is clicking. Dave, I played Brady and Moss two weeks ago in the World Championship. This week I played Romo and Austin. It's like I can't get away from these, you know, nightmare matchups yeah. here. Romo to Austin's clicking, Mike. Roy Williams had only five targets, one catch. He's not even existent in the play calling right now. Marion Barber injured the quad. He's still not 100%. You've got Felix Jones and Choice in there. It's just really a bad situation right now for any of these starting running backs. I can't even flex Marion Barber right now, can you? No, no, I couldn't either. Uh, the, the interesting thing is the over and under is 46, which is very high. Uh, they're mm. banking on Dallas scoring a ton of points. I think Tony Romo and Dallas offense, they've kind of taken a step back saying, well, we're going to run and we're going to do what we can with the run. Uh, but on the other side of it, I mean, Miles Austin has just, I mean, he's been unbelievable. And so uh, in that situation, I'm showing Dallas at uh, minus nine. I'm showing Dallas at minus nine at 46. Um I don't think Seattle scores much at all. Maybe three, maybe ten. Hmm. Hasselbeck should have an easier day. I know the last time we saw the, the Seahawks, they got thumped by the Cardinals 27-3. to Arizona's ninth against the pass, though. They are a much better team against the pass. Dallas, not good against the pass at all. 23rd in the league. Hass should have an easier day. Definitely no guarantees there. Uh, Seattle is the question that I'd be looking at on that side of the ball. Can they stop Dallas? They're 16th against the pass, 14th against the rush. I think Dallas, if this is at home, which it is for Dallas, I think Dallas will definitely yeah. definitely have a, their way with them on offense. Uh, and they, you know, should, so, they should. And, you know, they keep running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. And the more they run the ball, Scott, in my opinion, is it just makes Romo – more confident and comfortable about what he's doing. It should be a big, it should be a big day for the running game, but, but you just don't know, Dave, if it's going to come from Barber, Choice, or Felix. And so exactly. it's really a, it's really a situation where you can't start any of those three guys. I would feel okay about starting Felix. Actually, I think that he's going to. I mean, they they said last week I didn't really see much of him him playing, but they said he was really explosive and. Uh, I think Felix will probably get his carries and have some catches, and uh, I'd feel okay about starting him. You know, maybe not as an RB RB two, but maybe as a flex guy if you have him. 
Yeah, because Mike and I are sitting with Marion Barber in the uh, NFFC, and I think, and we have our options of Darren Sproles, Ahmad Bradshaw. Um, well, we don't have Barber in that league. It's Darren Sproles or no, Ahmad Bradshaw yeah, yeah. is our option. Yeah, I was going to say. Or Pierre Garçon. That's our that's our flex there. Darren Sproles, Amar Bradshaw, or Pierre Garçon. So that's that's going to be tough. <laughs> what'd you say? What'd you say, Dave? Uh, who are you starting? Who are we starting? Oh, uh, right now we have Darren Sproles in the lineup just because it's Oakland. Um, but that could change by uh, game time if Amar Bradshaw is healthy. I'm, I'm sure we, we end up putting him in there. Yeah, all my Bradshaw, it definitely looks like he's going to uh, start and he's going to play. Uh, but that's, that's a tough call. And Pierre Garçon, I, you know, he's feast for famine. Our team is feast for famine, uh, Dave. Oh, you're not kidding. <laughs> it's, Greg, it's, it's Greg Jennings, A. Royal, Chris Johnson, Matt Hasselback. That should tell you enough, you know. Yeah. Thomas you Jones, go. Devin Hester. I mean, these guys are okay, but come on. I mean, it's just all these guys, Jennings and Royal – we walked away from Vegas with Chris Johnson, Greg Jennings, and Eddie Royal. We were on cloud nine. We were on cloud nine. Uh, St. Louis versus Detroit. Detroit's number 26 and number 28 versus wide receivers one and two. So if you're in a pinch, start Avery and Burton. Uh, either one of these guys, obviously, look, they're playing Detroit. That's what you do when you play Detroit. You start the wide receivers. Uh, they're 31st and 29th, respectively, against the rush. So, Steven Jackson, Kevin Smith, they're going to have huge, huge days in this game. They're probably going to take it easy on Stafford, I would think. Uh, but then again, maybe Stafford gets out there and starts clicking with Calvin and they start throwing. That, that, that should be an offensive shootout, you would think, between St. Louis and Detroit because there's absolutely no defense on either side of the ball. We talked about Oakland and San Diego briefly, guys. Oakland 30th versus the rush. If LT doesn't get it done here, uh, we might as well just sit him up on the shelf. San Diego's 28th against the rush, so again – with a lot of bye weeks going on, if you have Fargus, it's not a bad matchup to throw Fargus in there. Uh, San Diego is also 26th versus receiving running back. So, you know, this, this fits into Fargus's mold, and I think they're ready to abandon the Jamarcus Russell experiment. I don't know if that's this week or not. Oakland is 20th, 15th, and, 8th, and 28th against wide receivers 1, 2, and 3. So start all of your San Diego weapons. Uh, Vincent Jackson, uh, Gates, obviously, are in your lineups. And if you're in a pinch and you want some fantasy points, you could probably end up being okay with a Malcolm Floyd getting you 10 or, 10 or 15 points as well. Uh, hey, Scott, we got about uh, we got about three minutes, four minutes yep. left. Uh, let's talk yep. about Minnesota-Green Bay. I don't know. Do you really want to talk about that game? Dave, I this do. is up your I alley. Do. This is up I your do. alley. Go ahead. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not speaking on it. Well, I'll <laughs> tell you what, guys. Green Bay at home against Minnesota. Brett Favre coming to the house, and uh, I see Philip Rivers having a huge. Or I mean, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers having a huge <laughs> game. Aaron Rodgers goes nuts sure. against Minnesota. I think so too. Yeah, Green Bay's number two versus the pass. I don't really know how Minnesota pulled off. Well, it was Brett Favre. It was he was in a zone. I don't think he's going to do that inside of Green Bay. I think he's going to look very average, maybe even less than average in this game. I think it's going to be a complete turnaround. And that's just my guess. Dave, what, what, what are your thoughts there? I'm sure that's you're thinking the same, right? Yeah, I do kind of agree with that, actually. I think for the Packers um, at home, they'll, they'll do pretty well against Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's going to they'll be, they'll be fine, but I think Green Bay pulls it out at the end. 
should be a pretty interesting game. And it'll be interesting to see the fan reaction. That's probably the thing I'm most interested to see is if he gets more yeah. hoot or he gets more cheered, actually, as he comes onto the field. So Yeah. Well, you start Driver, you start Jennings, you obviously Rodgers, I'm on green, you got to get him in the lineup. And then you start Donald Lee, too, especially if you had Finley. You put Donald Lee and plug him in the lineup. I think he gets a touchdown this week. It's just my gut. Rodgers loves to spread it around. And I don't think those touchdowns are going to go to Ryan Grant. But uh, I can see Rodgers pushing one in, maybe. Minnesota, on that side of the ball, you've got Barry and you've got Harvin. These are all guys that it's going to be – they're going to get behind. It's going to be a Brett Favre type of day. They're not going to get much done with Adrian Peterson because I think they're going to get behind pretty early. Barryan and uh, Harvin, I don't think, are going to be that much of a factor. Uh, Brett Favre has his guy in Sidney Rice. Sidney Rice has been very effective. And uh, if Minnesota gets behind, if you have Sidney Rice on your roster, you better start him. Oh, yeah, he, he is a must-start right now with the targets that he's getting. I think he led the league in targets last week, 14 targets. But, see, this is the NFL. This is where coaches look at film. They take away what's working. And that, that's why in the NFL you go from 14 targets down to two, you know, because that's, that's yeah. how they do it. They're going to they're gonna look and see what's working for Brett. They're going to say Sidney Rice is what's working. And I think, that, I think they have the weapons to, to – uh, to, they're number two against the pass. They can shut Brett Favre down with with a Green Bay type of day. And again, Carolina versus Arizona, you got to love this Beanie Wells. Carolina's 26 versus the Rush. I love the way Beanie Wells runs. If you're in a dynasty league and you can go after this guy before he has his really his signature type day, which might be this Sunday, go out and get Beanie Wells. Mike, I think this kid's going to blow up. Well, you know, I think he will too, but uh, there's a reason at Arizona that this uh, over and under is 41. That's to me. That's a low number. That's a low number, considering how uh, Kurt Warner is going to distribute the ball between Fitz, uh, Breston, and you know Bowden. So forty-one. That's a low number. If they're playing, I, I I've been watching the touchdowns. They're not going to Warner as much. The, the The running game is a presence in Arizona. Dave, thanks so much for being on this show, buddy. Thanks uh, to you guys running the FFPC. It's going really well. We're having a great time. Good luck to you, all your high-stakes teams, buddy, and thanks for being on the show. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, great show. Thanks. Okay. Keep it rolling, Dave. Dave. Dave Gerzak, he is rolling, and he's with the FFPC. Mike, we're out of here. 90 minutes. We, we had fun. Happy Halloween. Trick-or-treaters. Get all the candy, and, and, you know, just have a good time. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.
Mike, good show tonight, buddy. 90 minutes, we did it, buddy. Yep. That was a lot of fun. Uh, take care of that mouth, and uh, I'll uh, give you a shot tomorrow. <laughs> All right, partner. Take care. All right. Take care.